So, have you figured it out yet? Who came up with the Blackbird? I'm Josh Lindley, and before we dive into this, the final episode of Blackbird, I want to thank you for listening all the way through to this examination of a modern classic. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, I want to thank Campari Group Canada for setting up my chat with Bruce Russell from Wild Turkey. I want to thank Mark Anthony Wines and Spirits for setting up my chat with Tad Carducci of Grupo Montenegro. I want to thank Christine Sismondo for sitting with me uh, for a drink after moving a fridge one day. I'll tell you next time we're out having a drink. And mostly, I want to thank the dozens of bartenders that were so gracious in answering a seemingly random number of questions about a shot they either knew or didn't. Uh, there is a lot of trust in that, and I appreciate it. I have to wrap this up, though. The time has come to hear from the architect, the puppet master, Dr. Frankenstein. For the next few minutes, please enjoy my chat with the creator of the Blackbird, My name is Adrian Rubinsky. And Adrian, where do you work? What do you do for work? I work at 416 Snack Bar. Um, that's my place, along with my good old friend Dave Stewart, and been here for 12 years uh, since we opened. And how long have you been working in bars and restaurants total? Like, give me a bit of your resume. Uh, since I was 16, I'm 40. So, yeah, that's uh, 24 years, I guess started off uh, at this place, Faro, um, in my neighborhood. Actually, Dave got me the job um, when we were both 16. And like, you know, months after that, we had a crew of our, our friends from school and whatever that were all the, the busing crew for this um, really kind of busy, sceny um, neighborhood Italian joint. Um, I'm not sure if I just said it's called Faro. Was that um, in Toronto? Yeah. St. Clair yeah. and Christie. And uh, in the late 90s, it was kind of like a, it wasn't just a busy um, sort of pizza and pasta joint. It was it was kind of a scene like you would get the Maple Leafs wives coming for their secret Santa annual dinner. And like um, it was like, you know, there was Russian mob type people that would come through. It was like a. <laughs> even though it was in a weird strip, like it wasn't even really in the, in the old course of Italia there. It was sort of off of it still like, especially on the weekends, it was like, it was really a scene. Um, mm-hmm. so it was fun and exciting to be a part of, you know, it was low light and, you know, it was like, you know, at 16, you're just sort of like navigating through a forest of leather jackets with large platters of steaming seafood and pasta. And it was fun. And, you know, it was the first time I ever made any, you know, decent money. If, you know, 35 bucks a night in tips was pretty sick for a busboy at 16 back then. Yeah. And our group of friends all worked there. So it was a good time. After that, I went and I worked uh, downtown through connections from Vero actually, but um, worked at some places, uh, sort of at the beginning of what King Street has now become, like a place called Brisai, which was right at King and Spadina. It was kind of one of the first restaurants down there when it was all still warehouses, essentially. I worked at Susser for a little while um, and Lee. Again, this is like 2004, 2006. And then eventually I got a gig uh, opening um, the first Buka, which was owned by the same guys that had Versailles. I was there for the first sort of year um, 
as sort of like, you know, I knew that I wanted to open my own place and I had gone to school uh, for architecture and I sort of wanted to do like be to try being like a liaison between restaurant operations and, and, and the design of a place. And so I took this gig in the pre-opening of Buka to kind of like see what the process was like. I knew already that I wanted to have a place of my own I sort of figured that out in university. And so that, that job was to uh, sort of figure out or to see what the process was like. And so, yeah, that was in 2009. And then eventually in 2011, we opened 416. And then I should have mentioned this earlier, but I also worked at Short Turn, which is our new place that opened just in March of this year. Right. Um, so you've been around and, and also leaning sort of towards uh, Italian spaces. Yeah, a lot of a lot of what I've done has been in Italian restaurants. I worked at Faro for 10 years um, right. from when I was 16 to 26. While I was working down on King Street, I was also still working at Faro like the whole time. I kept a Sunday bar shift there forever. Right. And so you eventually so you eventually moved to bar from busing. Oh, yeah. I, I after, you know, three or four years, they, they let me uh, uh, behind the bar. And I was a bar back for a couple of years and then I was, you know, properly bartending for, you know, probably the last, the latter half of, of my time there. All right. So Adrian, have you ever had a blackbird? The shot? Yes. I've had a few. Uh, do you know how to make a blackbird? Yeah, I, uh, I think so. Do you know when the blackbird was invented? I think, as far as I know, it was invented in uh, sort of late 2011. And uh, do you know whereabouts the Blackbird would have been invented? Uh, A shot of uh, wild turkey with a float of Montenegro was probably assembled at some point before. But um, uh, as far as I know, it was christened the Blackbird by me. At four and six snack bar in late 2011. Incredible, thank you. Uh, so now that now that we've established that, let's start with the name. Where did the name come from? Well, I mean, it's pretty uh, self-explanatory. The uh, the bird is the turkey, and uh, the black is the black of Montenegro, which means black mountain. Simple enough. Uh, how did you put these two iconic brands together? Like, was there a huge, well thought out creative process? I don't know if I'd say that, but, uh, I think at the time, you know, uh, the dominance of, 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 of Jack Daniels as the shooting whiskey in Toronto was kind of nearing its end and Jameson was slowly taken over, but we wanted to be a bit different and preferred, uh, bourbon, uh, and wild turkey, yeah, like you said, it's an iconic, an iconic uh, distillery, <clears throat> and so we we made a decision really early on that that that's what we wanted our um, shooting whiskey to be. And you know, not everybody is is into shooting straight whiskey all the time, and so you know, having worked at these Italian spots, you know, I was kind of exposed to Amari pretty early. Like at Faro, you know, we had a dusty bottle of Chinar on, on top shelf, the back bar, amongst a bunch of other ones that probably I, <clears throat> I I wouldn't even remember the names. But, you know, that was definitely the first place I ever came across Grappa and Grappa-based Amari 
Um, and so Montenegro was, was, was something that I had, um, I had had at Pharaoh and carried at, at Buka when we opened and we carried at 416 once we opened uh, that place. Um, I just sort of thought that a little float of that, you know, it's on top should, would sort of soften the blow, so to speak. And, yeah. uh, really, really kind of nicely. Yeah. I don't know. I was running, working the bar one night. I don't even remember really what the, what the, how it came about, but I just sort of tried it out and became a thing. When was the last time you were served a blackbird? Um, I don't know. At some, at some point this summer, sometimes I find myself out for dinner and I get sent one every now and then the, the last place I, I can't remember, but it wasn't that long ago. It's probably like three months ago. If I was to, if I was to guess. <laughs> yeah. Would you say it was made correctly? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think sometimes <clears throat> people go a little heavy, heavy handed on the, on the Monty. Um, you know, I've seen different, I've, I've tasted different iterations over the years, but um, I would say it was made, 80% correctly or 80% the way it was originally made. Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a decent percentage. That's good. Um, all right. Adrian, uh, creator of the Blackbird, owner of 416 Snack Bar and short turn in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. How specific do you feel about how a Blackbird's made? Like, are you stuck on making Blackbird the way that you've always done it? The bourbon with the float of uh, Amaro on top or, and like those specific brands or do you care, you know, do you get hung up on the recipe or are you just happy that people are doing the thing? Uh, I would say a little bit of column A, a little, little bit of column B. I mean, mm -hmm. the name, the recipe is in the name. So like, I really, the one thing is like, don't put Jameson, don't pour Jameson and call it a blackbird because that's something different. I mean, <clears throat> it's like, um, <laughs> when people like, there have been a couple of times where I've explained like, yeah, it, the bird is wild turkey, uh, and people seem well. No, I mean it's uh, it's always been Jameson, and I have to just sort of you know smile and nod. But uh, so I'm pretty firm on the on the uh, on the components. Um, but you know, I think one of the good things about it is that it can be adjusted for your audience. So you know, first timers maybe uh, a little bit more of Montenegro is uh, is a good way to be introduced to it. But at the bar, at my bar, if I see it being poured anyway, other than just a float, I definitely, I definitely correct that. There's, there's words with the bartender. Yeah. It's just, you know, gentle words. Yeah. Uh, have you ever put yourself or 416 uh, as like the place of origin? Like, is this something that you talk about or you're just kind of like, I did it and I'm leaving it alone let it run its own course. No, I've never, I've never, I mean, <laughs> there have been some times where, uh, it's come up in conversation and even with my, uh, my fiance, uh, Sally <laughs> Gillespie, who was in the bar trade, uh, in the city, um, and has worked at some heavy places when we first started dating and somebody sent us blackbirds. She, she, well, for one, she didn't really believe me when I told her the story. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she she makes fun of me to this day. Anytime it, it does happen, we get sent one. Um, I, I'm, you know what though? I lost track of the question. What were you asking? Me? Uh, just if you've ever tried to use it as a promotion for your bars. Oh yeah, no, no. Um, 
it's uh, we did get sent a wild turkey uh, baseball bat maybe ten years ago. Hey, that's being all the right. Top account in the province. Yeah, that that was pretty sick. Um, it's yeah. in the office on a rack. I think that it's like a Louisville Slugger collaboration. I guess the the, the uh, Kentucky uh, connection there. Uh, but yeah. no, we've never done any promotion based around that. It's just we've always tried to keep it kind of a low key thing. Um, um, not, not for any particular reason, but just you know, self promotion has never really been our thing. We barely even used Instagram until like the pandemic. So that's part of the brand is that we don't really brand ourselves that much. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions I've been asking everybody uh, when trying to figure out where the Blackbird came from is who do they think created it or when? Uh, if you had to guess, and I know this is a weird like sliding doors situation, if it wasn't you and it wasn't 416 and the drink still became this ubiquitous in Toronto, who would you guess would have come up with this? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I don't really know because I think that, you know, before, you know, I should have mentioned this earlier, but when I was working in all these different places, um, restaurants, that is, I was also promoting parties, um, mostly kind of hip hop parties, but there, I was in that, in, in that, in the scene of, of whiskey shooting, <laughs> if that, yeah. if you could say that. Um, sure. and, and, and coincidentally working at these Italian restaurants. And so I think that, um, the amalgamation of, of those two, um, products was pretty specific to my like hospitality upbringing. Um, like Montenegro was not a well-known, um, liqueur or Amaro at the time. So, I don't know. I'm trying to think like who worked in Italian restaurants, like maybe someone who worked at Taroni, but it was also a, like a scene, sir. Uh, uh, I don't know. Do you have any ideas? I mean, I think the most interesting answer I got was when someone said cold tea. Okay. As yeah. far as like, as far as like a time and a space and the same sort of scene you're talking about, cold yeah. tea sounded like a pretty good guess to me. For sure. I mean, those guys are old friends. Um, and you know, back in the day, Stacy and Ollie rest his soul and Matt, when they were building cold tea, so they opened cold tea, like in the fall of 2011. So there was like kind of a six or eight month gap, maybe 10 month gap between 416 opening and cold tea opening. And they were, they were heavy regulars. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, uh, of ours. And well, I was working the bar quite a lot then. And we got to know each other through them sitting on the bar there. And I, we definitely had like thousands of blackbirds together. So yeah. I can understand how somebody might get that impression. It was uh, that, that was probably one of the places like cold tea, Shauna Claire, just sort of like the places that were coming up at that, at yeah. the same time, like early 2010s, um, downtown in the West end here. I think that, yeah, any, any, any of those kind of spots, I, I could see how someone might get that impression for sure. Yeah. Like a pretty good guess. <laughs> good guess. Yeah. And I mean, cold tea, there's a lot of shots happening, cold tea in those early days. That's for sure. I don't remember for some reason how many shots were being had at cold tea. That's weird. Um, so, okay. Adrian, 10 or however many years later now, um, 10, 12, uh, how do you feel about your creation being such a standard and so ubiquitous in Toronto? Like you personally, do you feel like it's a compliment or is it, you know, just something that you did? 
it's just something that I did. I think yeah. it's, I like it. I mean, I like to say that it's the second best thing I made, uh, after the bar, uh, mm-hmm. sort of, best. you know, it was, it, it, it wasn't something I put much thought into or much work into. Um, but it's cute that it became a thing. And, um, I like that it will always be a thing between me and Sally. Um, uh, sort of a joke <laughs> on me. Like it's, it's just kind of funny and I like it. Yeah. Amazing. Adrian, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me and thanks for, uh, accidentally on purpose, creating something that, uh, Toronto can actually celebrate as being properly Torontonian. My pleasure, man. Thank you for exposing the truth once and for all. <laughs> making it making it law uh until i get the angry comments and emails it's gonna be great uh thanks again man my pleasure dude have a good one thanks again to adrian for accidentally creating a drink that toronto can be proud of thanks to mark anthony wines and spirits thanks to cam party group canada please show them love on your rail on your back bar in your flasks, in your social media. I'm Jocelyn Lee of Bartender Atlas, and I want you to think about where you drink and what you drink, where you are. What customs or drinks are you partaking in and why? Where did these come from? What blip on the continuum are you referencing? If you have any drinks, be they shots or cocktails or whatever that are specific to your location, your city, your neighborhood, your bar, let us know by reaching out on social media or send us an email. All the info you need is at bartenderatlas.com. Saying cheers would be cheesy, right? <laughs>